Well, unrest is certainly rising over zero COVID in China with protests over the weekend, and we seem to be seeing a market reaction to that already today. Meanwhile, less kerfuffle at the Black Friday sales, not exactly setting the world alight. And a hawky CCB, we saw the response on bond markets on Friday. We see their inflation numbers this week as well. And Philip Lowe in front of the legislators today. Will he give much away, or do we already have a pretty clear idea of what the RBA is going to do over the next few meetings? And could Germany be out of the World Cup already? It's Monday, the 28th of November, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar up ever so slightly on Friday, but over the week it was down almost 0.8% on the DXY. No big currency moves at the end of the week, really. Well, it was a quiet day, wasn't it? Although the Japanese yen fell half a percent and the Canadian dollar was down a third of 1%. Same for the Swiss franc, but small moves in everything else. But over the week, the US dollar was up 2.9% on the Norwegian krona. The Aussie dollar was down 0.2% on Friday, but did finish the week 1.2% up at 67.5 US cents. And a mixed day for US equity. On Friday, the Dow up almost half a percent, the Nasdaq was down half a percent, and the S&P 500 was slap bang in the middle, basically going nowhere. And European shares up, but not by much, except for the FTSE 100, which managed a 0.3% lift. But the big moves were in European bond yields, much higher. Ten-year bond yields up 12 basis points on Friday, up 14 in France and 18 in, in Italy. Compare that to a, a two basis point drop in ten-year treasuries. Aussie 10s are almost at 3.59% now, which is about four basis points down on a week ago, so nothing to write home about there. And oil definitely falling in price. Brent down 2% on Friday, down to 83.63, close to the lows of the year. And WTI not much over 76 a barrel after a 2.1% fall on the last day of the week last week. So uh, not a lot of movement at the end of the week, it seems, except for European bonds. So let's look at those, first of all, with NABS Rodrigo Cotrill in Sydney. I mean, we did say, didn't we, at the end of last week, that those ECB minutes were fairly hawkish, and we certainly saw the market response to it. Yeah, um, morning, Phil. Um, we also had a, a couple of ECB speakers. Um, kind of uh, Initially, at the start of the week, we had a bit of a more dovish tone coming from ECB speakers, and then um, uh, ECB Schnabel spoke uh, on Thursday, and, and she was quite um, hawkish in the sense of saying that, you know, a, 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 more, a lot more work was needed. Um, and then again, on Friday, we also had similar messages coming as well. And what, what also happened on Friday as well, which is probably worth highlighting, is that we had uh, Bloomberg and Reuters releasing those numbers for expectations for inflation this week. Uh, we have inflation coming mm-hmm. in Europe uh, on Wednesday. And the... Well, as many were expecting a similar sort of story as those declines that we saw in, in the US, the outlook for, for the inflation in, in, in Europe is actually rather, rather you know, subdued, where the year-on-year numbers are still expected to, to remain elevated relative to, to where we were last month. Um, so I think that that also played into the narrative of not only that the ECB still has a lot of work to do, uh, particularly bearing in mind where inflation is at, with the core reading expected to be unchanged at 5% in November, uh, whilst the headline number is only expected to ease down from 107 to 104 So uh, on that narrative or on those numbers, when you listen to Schnabel, for instance, then sure, there's, there's still a lot of work to be done there in terms of um, you know the ECB 
job to bring inflation down towards that two percent level. So if it is slowing, it's slowing very slowly. Is what that is saying, isn't it? And uh, there's no well, no guarantee I mean, it's slowing at all. It's not slowing yeah. when you look at the core reading and change at five percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So absolutely. All right. Well, we'll see what that brings. In the meantime, yeah, more hawkishness. It yes, seems. But it, so so as there's been a, a decent re- repricing, if you like, of expectations, uh, not only in terms of as you, as you mentioned that move up in the ten year space led by the Italian BTPs. But also in terms of, you know, the expectations for what the ECB will do. Uh, and now there's a 50-50 chance that we'll see that 75 basis point hike in December, whereas, you know, a week ago it was around 20% chance yeah. of pricing. Wow. Okay, well, we'll see how that unfolds this week. It's going to be interesting to watch and see what those numbers actually do tell us uh, middle of the week. Uh, and the other big story was uh, over the weekend, China. So we had that uh, protest, those protests in uh, Rumki. Uh, which is where there was a, uh, unfortunately, a number of people died in an apartment block fire reportedly because they couldn't leave their homes because of the zero COVID policies because they locked them down. And uh, so protests on that. And since then, we've had over the weekend, Saturday night protests in Shanghai. They carried on into Sunday as well. Um, I mean, people are sick of the, uh, obviously sick of this response and, and particularly when we see loss of life. But also, I, I think they're just, uh, you know, sick of the whole thing. It's been going on yeah, too long. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, we also had to put it in context that earlier on Friday as well, we also had the introduction of more restrictions. So it's a bit more targeted restrictions, if you like. Uh, but certainly this, this, this notion that you imposing these restrictions and these restrictions are causing, you know, deaths is, is certainly, um, it's, it's notable that we've seen that uprising protest in, in China, something that is not common. Um, and uh, at the same time, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a bit of concern around, um, you know, how much longer this is going to be because the, the level of infections that we're seeing uh, at the moment is, is continuing to, continue to rise and place to the view that at least near term, uh, the, the authorities will have to impose more restrictions. Um, at the same time, the economic outlook obviously plays into this because uh, now everybody as much as China is talking this idea of moving slowly away from, from these COVID restrictions, uh, what is happening at the moment is that we're seeing a dampening of expectations in activity um, and a more severe slowdown for, for Q4 as well. So um, from economic perspective, it's, it's also a challenging one. Um, and in fact, we also had the PBOC announce uh, that reserve requirement ratio cut, uh, which have been sort of been in the media and also been um, coming out from from the meeting of the council members suggesting that more was needed. Um, so that's but, an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, they say supposedly that's going to put 500 billion won of liquidity into the economy. But I mean, is that, you know, only if people want to take out loans? I, I mean, otherwise, it, it's, it's going to, not going to make any difference whatsoever. If there's not confidence in the economy, no one's going to, going to borrow money. You're not going to need that liquidity. Yeah. Right? Uh, and that's sort of a you know, classic uh, economics uh, from university when you talk about the liquidity trap there, you know, the issue in China is, mm. is not the availability of credit, but rather the appetite to borrow. Uh, and, you know, the COVID yeah. restrictions alongside, you know, a major property slump that is still ongoing um, is hindering the, the animal spirit, if you like. Um, and uh, there's no confidence on individuals as well as uh, businesses to you know to look to invest or to buy things or, or companies to expand, uh, given the uncertainty in the economic outlook. Um, so um, yeah, so to us it, it's difficult to see how significant these these cuts are, are going to be in, in order to support the. Yes, yeah, so it's not just the economic outlook now, is it? It's the political outlook as well, which uh, which which could make the situation worse or 
better. You know, it could be a turning point, perhaps. I don't know. We'll have to watch closely to see. Uh, but, you know, maybe th- there will need to be some political change there. But we get PMIs on Wednesday, so we'll be able to see just uh, how much in contraction, because they're almost certainly going to show, aren't they, that this is an economy still in contraction. question is, is it just getting steadily worse? Yes. Um, and I suppose in terms of this news, not only from the reserve requirement ratio, we also had uh, another announcement coming from the PBOC, uh, or rather the media saying that the PBOC will shortly announce uh, new measures or loans uh, for investment companies to buy uh, property loans, uh, or rather property bonds. Uh, so that, that could be interesting as well in terms of more support coming uh, from the authorities in order to stimulate the economy. Uh, but in terms of the overall message and, and news that has come from, from the weekend, it's probably worth highlighting how the Aussies reacted this morning. You know, the Aussie was, or rather, closed close the week around 67.50, uh, and now we've seen it gap lower to 67.13 at a one point, and now it's at 67.20. So half a cent moved lower on the Aussie um, at the open. It's probably a reflection of, of all this news coming from China over the weekend as well. Yeah. All right. So uh, Friday, of course, was Black Friday as well. Uh, the Wall Street Journal is saying that uh, I think they use Adobe Analytics to try and find out what online sales are. They reckon it's 2.3% up on last year. That's how they can get the number so quickly. Uh, so it's up 9.1 billion, uh, but 2.3% higher than last year isn't a lot, is it? Because these this is an absolute term. So, I mean, inflation is higher than that. And we were in the midst of COVID concerns this time last year. You know, we're not not quite so much this time. So, and then there's the question about you know with the, with the, the the cost of living, are people bringing sales forward? So it doesn't. It's not a startling success by those by that measure. I would. Yeah. Have so that that's that's the thing. So people are talking. Oh, there's a record number. But when once you put in the inflation onto mm. it, then uh, it doesn't feel like a record anymore. Um, so yet the other the other no. narrative as well that is coming from from the headlines is that. Uh, at least the, from the traffic uh, perspective, uh, the numbers are actually not that that good compared to to previous uh, uh, years. Um, so it seems again that, that yeah. the online numbers uh, have sort of a, a natural growth, if you like, over over time, uh, given that more and more people use online numbers. So that that also could be skewing a little bit the, the information in terms of how good it is. Um, whereas on the on the, if you like, the traffic side, people going to the shops, uh, it seems that uh, the numbers are not that good either. So we'll have to wait and see for the details, but certainly a bit of a mixed message. Well, we've through, done yeah. our bit in our house. We bought a mobile phone, a bed and a new mattress for my daughter. So uh, there we are. We've done it. I hope she's not listening to this because she doesn't know she's getting it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, now, talking about inflation, Tokyo, uh, CPI, up 3.8% year-on-year from 3.5% year-on-year for October. The core number also up more than expected. But, of course, Governor Kuroda is not going to change his policy. Uh, Markets weren't expecting it. Uh, You know, I think they're expecting something's going to happen next year. So, I mean, perhaps it's a bit of a meaningless number. Well, I suppose the the interesting thing on all of this is that just, you know, you say uh, CPI 3.6 and you think, oh, well, that's, that's not too bad compared to Europe above 10%. But for Japan, that's that's a forty-year high, um, and yet, uh, as you mm. say, uh, the Bank of Japan continues to, um, you know, push the narrative that uh, this is all to do with cost-pushed inflation uh, that will prove transitory. Um, they also talk about this distinction between the core readings, some of the, the aspects of the core reading are sticky, and some are not sticky, and and at the moment they're seeing these non-sticky drivers uh, pushing up the core inflation, and therefore. 
uh, patience is needed and, and they're still expected to, to come down next year. Right. What if they're right? Uh, anyway, I shouldn't have said yeah. that because that's a, that's, a, that's a half hour conversation, that one, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Philip Lowe obviously doesn't think they're right. He's going to be talking today's in front of the government panel this morning. Uh, he will no doubt be asked why, uh, why he's taking it so slow compared to, for example, New Zealand when we've got inflation rising. And we'll find out, of course, just how much uh, inflation is rising uh, in the middle of the week this week, won't we? Yeah, that's right. So... Uh, uh, Governor Lowe, was, uh, well, I suppose we don't expect much new from from what we already know, given that um, um, uh, you know Governor Lowe spoke recently. Uh, but the, because he's speaking before the Senate, you know, you always get those questions. So, so we we could have a bit of a revelation there. So, it's still worth listening to what he has to say. And we get retail sales as well today. So, I'm still trying to fag- figure out whether a rise or a fall is what's best news for the for the economy and you know particularly when it comes to controlling inflation what what is the happy midpoint what do we want to see in those numbers today yeah that's right because um i suppose the the concern here is that uh, the consumer is still pre-buoyant and if the consumer remains buoyant then mm. that will contribute to to sort of the high levels of inflation that we we enduring whereas if we see signs of uh, a little bit of you know cautiousness from the consumer that would allow or play into into the RBA sort of slow approach to, to lifting the cash rate. Um, uh, at the moment, it seems that you know we are all using part of our savings in order to maintain our level of consumption, and that's what's distorting this this whole narrative because wages growth in Australia haven't yet risen to the levels that we've seen in other places. So, with the level of inflation that we're facing, you know we we sort of dipping into those those savings in order to to keep up the the level of spending. So we've got ECB speakers again out and about overnight tonight. Uh, after you know what we talked about, those pretty hawkish minutes from 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 the last meeting. So it's going to be interesting, and and the hawkish tone at the end of the the week last week, uh, which we saw the euro rising through most of the week last week on the back of all of that, didn't we? Uh, we also get the Dallas Fed manufacturing index out tonight as well. Uh, otherwise, it's fairly slim pickings today, but we do get as we mentioned. European CPI this week, US non-farm payrolls as well, amongst other things. But I tell you what, the, the important stuff, uh, as soon as I've finished recording this, I'm going to watch the game, Spain versus Germany, which is going to be uh, an exciting match because it could see Germany out. Australia, are they going to hang on? Are they going to get through to the final 16? Well, they, they've definitely got a great chance now. So hopefully they, they can they can hang yeah. in there. Uh, and, it's been a brilliant tournament, yeah. And, and the Germans really got to win, so that that makes it makes it a game. So looking forward to yeah it. against Spain. I know absolutely. And look, I am predicting England because obviously I've got you know I want to see Australia go through and get as far as possible. Obviously, I'm also following England, and I'm predicting England is going to lose to France in the quarterfinals, 10th of December. Yeah. That's how far I reckon they're going to get. Or penalties. Well, on penalties, yeah, maybe. <laughs> In extra time. <laughs> All right, anyway, we'll see. It is has been a brilliant tournament so far. Good talk, Rodrigo. We'll catch you soon. I've got to go and watch this game. Catch you next time. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Cheers. So that's it for me. <laughs> I'm off. Uh, catch you tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. See you then.